Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to Tea Talk 3. Oh my god, my last Tea Talk was in Ramadan and everyone loved the Tea Talk series and it's one of my most listened episodes and I was like, I gotta film another Tea Talk. So I went on Instagram and I asked you guys to just share random comments, thoughts, concerns with me and I'm gonna talk about those two inshallah here but for let's just start off talking, you know, get strong, let's just talk wherever we are. So how are you guys? I hope you guys are doing good. Alhamdulillah, I am fine. Yesterday was quite chaotic. It's funny now. Is it? It's not funny yet. It's really not funny yet. Basically, I busted a wall. I hurt my back and my neck and my head. It's. I, I will go into that story someday in the future podcasts when it's funny. Because right now it's not funny. Because right now my back and my neck are hurting really bad. So please just make dua that it gets better. You know? And I haven't, I haven't told my mom. <laughs> because I don't want to get in trouble. <gasps> Okay, I don't want to get in trouble. The wall was enough of a big damage. <laughs> don't even ask me how it happened. I don't even want to talk about it right now. I really don't. But just make the for my back and my neck and that it gets better because I'm in so much pain. It's crazy. You know, this reminds me of the time when I think it was like four years ago. One time we were at Six Flags and oh my god, I love amusement parks, roller coasters, <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> my happy place. Listen. If you say to me, hey, you want to see fireworks, you won't even be able to finish your sentence. I'll be in the passenger seat. Like, I love fireworks. I love, 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 love fireworks. I just, my whole childhood, when we used to live in New York, I'm pretty sure New York need a permit to, like, light up fireworks. And they, they used to do this fireworks show near, like, this bay, this ocean area. And I used to ask my parents every year, like, can you take me? Can you take me? I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. And then every single year they would say yes. And then when time would come, something would happen. We wouldn't end up going. And then after I moved to Atlanta here, like, I don't think you need, like, a permit or anything to do fireworks. Because everyone just be throwing up fireworks in the air. And <clears throat> chef's kiss. I just, I'm, I'm in love with fireworks. I don't think anyone understands how deeply I love fireworks. Like, you don't like i could you don't understand like you say that do you want to see fireworks you don't even have like you don't even have to ask me like i, I i'll be there I'll, I'll be there if it's at 3 a.m i'll be there like i will do anything for fireworks and like my family knows like everyone knows like i'm i'm crazy for fireworks just i love them they're they're beautiful i also want to see lanterns you guys know those little lanterns that they do like on those boat rides oh my god entangled and like rapunzel that's my dream i really want to see those i've never seen those in real life those lantern things those are beautiful but um where am i going with this oh yeah <laughs> a couple years back we went to six flags and like i said i love roller coasters but we went to six flags and we were parking and we got in a car accident because this person who literally smacked our parked car dented the car and it was just it was just all of this this and that and then basically dented the car um whiplash got hurt whatever and then i had to go to the chiropractor and when i went to the chiropractor they took like an x-ray of my back and everything she was like girl your tissues messed up so i had to sit there and get my back popped and <laughs> all of that for like a couple months and i remember thinking i'm like this sucks but then i realized how much i love like the chiropractor field so inshallah one day inshallah if god wills so you know it was a curse to a blessing i realized what i was really interested in besides the point um yeah so valuable lesson as i was saying in the beginning pray for my back <laughs> pray for the girl's back because it's a little bit old she's a little bit of an 18 year old grandma but it'll get better inshallah anyway so something interesting next year i'm on the msa board <laughs> i know y'all saw that coming okay well listen 
I talk crap about MSAs that are fitna-ish and I'm like, ugh, gross. But, you know, the MSA that I'm part of, like, okay, this is actually really funny. It's actually embarrassing, if anything. So I signed up to be the MSA president or the vice president. Like, I wanted, I, I was going in for the, I was going in for the big kill, okay? Um, and I was assuming they don't give that position to freshmen because, I mean, there is paperwork that goes with it. But I just applied for a bunch of positions and I was like, I, get me in somewhere, right? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to change. So... I never heard from them, right? And I was like, I applied really, really early. Like, I filled out the form super early, and I never heard from them. And then, so one day, I DM'd them on Instagram, like, to ask about when the whole decision will be released. And I saw that they posted, like, oh, you know, they got their members and whatnot. And I was like, I didn't get picked. I was in such denial. I was mad petty. I was like, hey, I was I was wondering if y'all ever got my form. Um, I never heard from them for, like, five days. And then out of nowhere, I get a text from the MSA's page it wasn't like a personal private page it was like the public msa page and i didn't know who was behind it and so they were like oh wait what's your name like we didn't get anything and so i told them my name and they're like no we didn't get any form from you da, 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 da. and so i was like oh okay they're like what did you apply for and i was like well i applied to be the president the vice president a bunch of other stuff because like you know you don't know which position you're gonna get this is where it gets embarrassing i thought i was just talking to like some someone behind like the public page that just runs the page yeah i was talking to the president of the msa and i was sitting there and i was like yeah i applied to be the president and i didn't get that position and someone else got it and he he goes okay and i, I didn't know it was the president he goes okay i think i got a spot for you is there a time that we, we can do an interview because i have to do an interview at a, at a requirement it's a requirement to do the interview i said all right cool let's do an interview um again i still didn't know that this was the president behind the account calls me goes hey aslam like um you know I'm the president of the MSA club. I was like, oh, God. Humiliated. <laughs> I mean, he, he was he was a very, very, mashallah, nice person about it. But he put me in, like, a position to give halakas next year, which I'm so happy about. Because I like it when it's just girls. So it's going to be, like, little halakas and stuff. And I get to plan halakas and give halakas and work with other people. And it was super cute and super fun. Chef's kiss. And um, I was like, <laughs> really? Oh, oops and i was so i was i was humbled i was really humbled but now that i know like what the president does i don't think i want to be an msa president because like we had so many executive board meetings and in so many of them it's just like finances they're like hey we got to pay rent for the msa prayer room can you fix this can we pay and i'm like thank god that ain't my worry thank god that ain't my worry because that is so much work and i was like huh you're doing great but bye and i would run out of that because it's crazy i'll just be attending those executive board meetings in the background doing utterly nothing because it's all like opening up like the um funds account and this and that and i'm just sitting there and i'm like mm -hmm, i'm just here to talk like when i did my interview he was like so what are you interested in i'm like i, I, have, a, I have a podcast i talk like that's that's all i do i talk and then he was like okay yeah like i, I got something for you and then he put me in to give halakas and stuff right and so yeah i alhamdulillah god's protection because if i had to sit there and deal with the finances i would have lost my mind but it was a humbling experience it really was and so anyway i think that certain msas if they're run by the right people with the right intentions it can be really really good like i know one of the things that i put forth front on i was like i don't like free mixing i don't want to deal with you know that shady behavior between men and women like i don't want none of that and i make i made that clear and the president was also very clear about that and like everything is like separate you know not free mixed and whatnot so i was i was a very big fan of how this is seeming to play inshallah here but um so i know that i talked about msa fitnas before and it is very very important that 
if you are in an MSA and you do have a position where you can make that change, you want to make that change because you don't want to allow free mixing and stuff like that to happen, which is like one of those things that like I don't stay silent. Like and um the president themselves have told us like if you ever have an issue just say it. But um like I'm I was not silent. And I was like, yeah, and don't like listen free mixing da, da da whatever if that's the case I'm leaving. Like I'm going to leave the whole board. I don't care. And alhamdulillah like of course that's not an issue, but you know like you have to be very honest and i think the msas if you get them to work right it's a very big reward because you're setting up a place for people to pray on campus you're setting up a place for people to learn get dawah you know on eid distribute food like do so many great acts so yeah just that's just that community that sense of community is a very big reward in it so inshallah if you feel like you ever want to do it then make sure you do do it but make sure that you lay out your intentions clearly and don't ever let anyone push you into like free mixing and stuff because you want to be able to stand your ground and know where you stand so that's that we'll up we'll give we'll update on that inshallah once you know it all starts but that's that anyway talking about school was i the only one that had a really traumatic pe slash gym experience because those stories are hilarious and i'm gonna tell y'all some of them right now i can literally dedicate a season to my gym stories because they were that crazy in school I learned lots of valuable things in middle school and high school and whatnot, but really, two things that I really learned, how to negotiate with a stern face and be condescending when someone tries you, and two, how to get my way. Which is funny because I did not get my way when it came to PE and gym. Like, I could get my way everywhere else, but I could not get my way in PE and gym. So, when I first moved here, I went to a middle school that was districted to me, and so like in at least here where i stay at everything is district wise it doesn't matter if you have stellar grades and you want to go to like the best high school it all matters about district so whatever is district to you you have to go to it and so i went to a really really little middle school and i don't know something about that middle school just gave me like jail cell vibes i don't know but i remember when i went there and it was gym and i was like okay gym you know throw a couple basketball hoops we'll be fine baby i was getting trained for the military they used to do this thing where you know on the big um the the scoreboards they used to turn on a timer and you have to get inside the changing room and change within i think two minutes and 30 seconds and get out so you have to take off all your clothes and then put on you have to first you have to open up the locker okay one thing about me and lockers it don't work <laughs> it don't work you i can't open up locks for dear life like I, I just I, I could do it but like I'm, I'm gonna be there for a solid five minutes because it just makes me mad besides the point you have to open up the lock get your clothes take off your clothes put on your clothes get yourself regrouped and run out in two minutes and 30 seconds okay disaster already because if you're a girl and you're on your period that's crazy right and so when I moved mid-year and I see them turn on the timer on the board. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, what's going on? What are they doing? And the girls are like, oh, you have to quickly change in two minutes and 30 seconds. We don't have time. Like, you have to change. You have to change. And you have to get out there. I'm like, and if I don't, you get locked inside. And I was like, oh. And if you don't change in time, not only do you accidentally get locked inside or purposely, you fail. You fail that day. And then the more you fail, it accumulates and then into the grade book. And so I was like, oh. And so I had to quickly change. And I got out. And then... I think it was my first day in gym and I got introduced to this thing called suicides. Baby, did those suicides really live up to their name? What we had to do was run baseline to baseline to baseline to baseline to back. So first baseline back, second baseline back, so on, so on, so on. They had like these lines set up in the middle of the gym and like certain indicators where they wanted you to touch it and run back. And then you had to do a whole run and back in 15 
seconds. 15 seconds. And then they would lower it. Sometimes they would do 8 seconds. Now you're thinking, oh, Hera, that's not too bad. No, it was a big baseball court. And they had their own indicators and their own lines. And if you didn't make it back with the rest of the girls and with the rest of the group, they would make you run individually in front of everyone. Humiliating experience. I remember when it was the first time to do suicides. I'm like, uh, what's going on? And everyone had to run baseline, baseline, back, back. And I was like, this is crazy. And if you accidentally ever ran up to another baseline and didn't touch the first one, they would blow the whistle, they would stop everything, and they'd make you run alone in front of everyone, in front of all the boys and girls. And it was humiliating, right? Alhamdulillah, I was never in that experience. But basically, you had to get there and back. And if you didn't, not only would they write it down, you would also fail for that day, but you would have to do it in front of everyone. And then they would talk to you about it. So I remember the first time when I did suicides, I was like, I was exhausted. Because, I, okay, I like running, but I was like, this is just painful. Like, you're just hurting me. And it was so bad. And then we had one male coach and then one female coach. And as time went on throughout the year, me and my period have this thing where my period just doesn't want to come on proper timings. It always wants to come at when I'm in school or when I'm outside. It just doesn't want to come when I'm at home on a Saturday evening. My period always wants to come when I'm in school. So one day... And this wasn't just a one-time story. This happened far too many times in my middle school years where I got my period in gym. Like, I, I was, I got to gym, I got to the locker room, got to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, I got my period. Okay, so, you know, TMI, but how, how, how am I supposed to run suicides when my stomach is cramping and I can't even walk? And I read online that if your period cramps are so bad that you can't walk, like, you need to fix that. And my period cramps are so bad that I can't even, like, change my position when I'm laying down. It's, it's so painful that I literally, I, I I feel like every single time I survive my period, it's a, it's a shocker. Because I could literally end up in the hospital because of how painful it is. And I got my period. I tell the female coach, I'm like, hey, girl, listen, like, between me and you. I'm in pain. Like, I'm a pass out on the floor, dude. Like, I'm a collapse. If you make me run these suicides, like, I won't be able to go on. And I was, like, crying. And my, I was like, I my period cramps are so bad. They're so bad. Like, I could eat, like, eight painkillers and nothing will happen. They're horrible. And I went to the doctor for them a lot of times and they gave up on me. It was that bad. Um, but so bad. And I was like, I, I can't. And I'm also, I have an iron deficiency. <laughs> They're so bad. And I go up to her and I'm like, girl, like, there's just no way that this is going to work. I tell her privately, I'm on my period. I'm in lots of pain. Read the room. I'm silently whispering her. She screams, well, I don't care. You better run these suicides. I'm like, girl, don't, don't, with her southern accent. I was like, girl, girl, you're a woman. You should understand me. She made me run them suicides while I was on my period. I was crying. I was literally crying. I was like, oh, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm going to call my mom. Like, I'm getting out of here. And you couldn't even have your phones. In our middle school, if they caught you with your phone, like, even just briefly, like, moving out of your book bag, they would take it and then they would put it in a locker and your parent had to come and get it. So if your parent couldn't come for three days, you wouldn't have your phone for three days. One time, I was in the hallway and I had I was moving my phone, like, to my um, my bag and the teacher saw it and she taps on my back and she goes give me your phone and I was like no like you're not gonna do this to me because it wasn't on I wasn't on it I was just taking it like we were dismissing too it's dismissal time we were in the hallway leaving getting home she takes my phone 
and she puts it in the locker my younger brother was sick and so my mom couldn't go and she had she was busy doing work i didn't have my phone for three days i was like the blasphemy and you couldn't like write a parent note and get your phone back either i was like ridiculous whatever she made me run suicides after she made me do the most painful thing she says to me okay now you can sit on the side while everyone else play like basketball and i'm like there basketball this requires barely any energy they just made to stand in lines and throw the basket i was like what i needed you to do was to let me sit during the suicides and now you're making me sit here you know during basketball and everyone's looking at me as if like i got in trouble like it made me mad and then they used to do this thing i think every tuesday or thursday where we had to run like a couple miles outside of the whole school and it used to be burning hot and so when i used when used to be running like the miles on the pavement they used to be like watching you they're like don't you dare slow down you better run and there was like a time limit and if you didn't come under i think under 10 minutes you would like get like a b c and so on and so god that was so bad we used to be sweating and they used to take us to the locker room and be like change out in two minutes and go to your next class it was just bad man i felt like i was training for the military it was traumatic but it gets worse because when i get to high school first day of high school and listen i'm, I'm a dress type of girl you know dress abayas long dresses type of gal um so you know i walk in first day of high school just you know wearing my cute little blue white dress just you know whatever um i'm sitting on the bleachers i'm like okay jim no issue like this is high school it won't be an issue i'm in that class with a bunch of seniors automatically i'm like oh god and i'm the only freshman on top of that you know how men are about pe and about gym disgusting men act like pe is like the military and like if they don't like win this game like they will they will kill you and i was like okay well, automatically i hate being one of the only girls here and i hate being the only freshman among these bunch of these dudes that are seniors and that are really annoying whatever i ignored it i'm thinking to myself i get this credit i'm out of here right so i was taking pe what i needed to graduate high school was pe and health and fitness mind you i would never take pe voluntarily because changing out and just doing all that was not for me and so in my high school pe mind you i talked to the coach i'm like this is the pe i need for my credit right yes ma'am this is what you need for your credit okay ask multiple people this is the pe we need for our credit right yeah this is the pe you need for your credit okay i said to myself i'll bear it out this one year get it done freshman year then the rest of the year i don't gotta worry about no gym okay pe comes and goes i did not get along with that coach we tussled we tussled too often i think tussle would also be an understatement because they did this thing here with again you had to change and come out in a certain amount of time but the time was a little bit more so it was better but me and that coach man me and that coach first of all he was called me by my last name and i was like okay automatically don't do that but we tussled so much that it's not even funny um there were lots of times in pe where they used to make us run out on the track outside and i had pe early in the morning and it used to be so sunny and we had to run outside in the sun and it's just ugh, it was not it and then dealing with a bunch of those annoying senior dudes like i kept my distance i was like don't you piss me off get away just oh it was not it right and so I, I bear my end of the stick and dealing with pe is just it it's like they act like you're gonna die if you lose the game and i just oh it was so much right it wasn't fun tell me why i finished pe yay so happy got the credit i'm out 
Time comes for 10th grade year, and we're filling out our transcripts for our next class. And I see that, you know, my my advisor was like, okay, so you have to take PE and health and fitness. I was like, no, no, I, I took PE. I took it this year. I, I took it. I took it this year. He goes, no, 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 no. You have to take PE and health and fitness. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But like, I, I asked them and I asked my guidance counselor and I asked everyone and they said that this PE will suffice and it's fine because it's PE. He goes, no, 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 no. You need to do one with health and fitness where for half the semester you're in the trailers and my high school had trailers because it wasn't big enough like it was a big high school but it still wasn't big enough and they had trailers and we had classes like in literal trailers and they used to shake listen it was ghetto i'm sorry i'm sorry but in the trailer where you're there for six months and then the other six months you're like out on the field and i'm like no but like i just spent a whole year out on the field so is there no way that i can just do the six months of the book because that's health and personal fitness you know that it's just textbook stupid stuff it's basic stuff right they're not teaching you anything important which they should but they don't and i'm like it's just like we can we can talk about this he goes no 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 like you gotta do it you gotta do it and i was like oh <laughs> you're funny grab the pass go to my counselor teary-eyed i just spent a whole year in pe and i don't want to do it again and because i was no it was so bad for me like i was in pain i had to run when i was crams the sun just i didn't like all that sun damage just early in the morning the coach and me tussled too often i just it wasn't fit for me it wasn't fit for me i wanted to move on with my life and my counselor goes well it's a georgia law so you gotta do it and i was like and it's a law in my book that i'm a mm, you but whatever and so i was i was so upset i go home i was crying crying to my mama my mom was like i'm i don't know what to say to you i'm like mom can you write a parent's note i was so desperate obviously that didn't work i didn't make her write one because it's a state requirement um and i still got my way because when it came time to take health and personal fitness i did the six months of health and personal fitness the six months and then covid came so we never ended up going outside <laughs> but <laughs> it's not that i don't like working out i love working out i love exercising i do it all the time but i don't like that i don't like the whole psychotic change in two minutes and get out and like it's just i don't like all that right and then i remember in my other years as well when i tussled with that coach there were times when I used to get such horrible headaches and I was like, I can't deal with this. And like, that is strict no phone policy. And like, if you were to even ask like, hey, can I text my mom so she could come check me out? I could leave school. They'd still say no. So one time I was trying to get out of school and the coach blows the whistle. He goes, calls me by my last name. He goes, come here, get off your phone. And I was like, I have a headache. Let me get out of here. He goes, I don't care. And I was like, boy, you're trying me. And I was like, listen, the six foot, probably 200, 300 pound coach versus five foot two five foot three me okay someone is gonna go down and it ain't gonna be me <laughs> it ain't gonna be me am i the only one whose height kind of changes like when i'm really really stressed i've noticed that i'm like five foot three five foot two but like when i'm thriving i can solid sometimes at five foot four like it really depends like if i'm like stressed for like the past three four months like i i shrink i swear I, I'm, I'm not a teletubby but like i don't i don't know why i feel like i'm the only one that does that besides the point I was like, someone's going to go down, and it ain't going to be me. It was me. It, it was indeed me. Because then he made me do burpees. I, I just... <laughs> I have so many stories, it's not even funny. And so, that was that. It was... It was crazy. I don't even know. Like, P.E. was just not a hot take. 
they really did me dirty you know the other the other place where i really learned how to negotiate was with my counselor because man did i not get along with my counselor <sighs> that is a story for the books all my teachers knew how badly i did not get along with my counselor and it was just because i'm the type of person like okay you tell me to do something i'm gonna do then but if i tell you that you have a responsibility and you're doing it two months from now there were times when i had to apply for programs and i missed the deadlines because you know just the counselor team period at my high school would not answer their emails and i would miss out on such big opportunities and i would get really mad but inshallah Allah knows best whatever um i remember when I, f I took my first ap test this is also really funny because i'm just telling you all my embarrassing high school stories i know i crack lots of jokes about like how i feel tests and stuff but i promise i'm not that dumb like if i put my work in it I, I can do it inshallah but i remember when i took my first ap class right and at this time my family was also going back to pakistan and they were gonna go attend a wedding and you know just visit family and whatnot i was dealing in my first semester of my freshman year with lots of difficult teachers that were expecting lots of stuff and like freshman year of high school is pretty easy but i was taking so many classes and the teachers were being so you know just picky 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 i had some very nitpicky teachers that i still don't think i could be able to fulfill even today as a senior graduated but um so much going on i was also studying for the ap test i was like there's no way i can go my mom's like are you sure like you don't want to go like our whole family's gonna be there everyone's gonna be there you're gonna be the only one here and i was like there's no choice and i i said to myself like yeah Hera, you know like put them academic goals above everything like hustle work hard you know you got this like you're gonna pass the ap test it'll be worth it whatever right and so i stayed behind i studied for the ap test i think i got 105 in the ap class passed ap test i was great at that subject ap test comes around and i studied for months through my textbooks right and i the ap test was held at a church that was the first red flag that was the first issue right the ap test was held at a church i go to take my ap test and i see everyone else around me very stumped i see everyone else around me very panicked and i'm not panicked i was filling out the bubbles i was writing six pages i was doing great and I was like, I learned all this. Matter of fact, when I finished the test, I even went to the vending machine and I got myself a snack. I was like, I deserve this. Cheap day for me. I deserve this. I was so proud. I got into the car. I told my family, I'm like, y'all, get that cake ready because, baby, we're going to throw a party. I'm going to do great. I got my grade. I failed. I failed. <laughs> I got the grade that you get just for writing your name. And I was like, this is, you're lying. I called them and I was like, hey. I got my AP grade. I think you messed up. Can you can you check? Because there's no way I got this. They're like, no, 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 that's your grade. And I was like, <laughs> hang up. I was so humiliated. I was like, how can I fail this? And I, I didn't tell my parents until like randomly. Like I just kind of brought up. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't do good on the AP test. Mom was like, oh, whatever. You know, I was so humbled. I never took an AP after that. Never. I went straight to DE. And um, let me tell you, if you're a high schooler listening to this, if your school does DE, do DE. Don't do APs. With, you know, doing DE, you're guaranteed the college credit. With doing APs, what do you mean? Like, you work the whole year. You could get 100 in the class. But if you fail the AP test, that's it. Like, it doesn't count. So do DE if your high school allows you to do, like, um, you know, being at a college while also being at high school at the same time. And I did that and I don't regret it. It was the best decision of my life. So I'm so glad I filled that AP test because then I instead went to DE and I got much better credits and something guaranteed. So do DE. Don't even waste your time with APs. APs are not even it anymore, in my opinion. I've seen so many people who have so many APs in college. They're like, okay, yeah, and whatever, whatever. And APs, in my opinion, don't actually demonstrate what college classes are like. I've taken... 
lots of different college classes before and i'm telling you that i don't think that ap classes even equivalent when you get that syllabus from your college classes and those discussion boards twice a week and those essays from one class and then you take like six other classes do those tears are real that is what college is actually like ap classes don't do it justice so do de go home go go big go home that's my opinion you know there was this one time also these are just humiliating i don't even know where i'm going with this there was this one time when for my pre-calculus class the pre-calculus class was crazy like that was listen if you listen to my podcast enough you know that i don't like math like i will i'll put my brain to it i could do it but i don't want to do it you know and for pre-calculus i did de and i was at a tech college where i did it and god i was going through like i don't want to say depression but i was going through phases and so sometimes i would do like five weeks of work in like a weekend because I, I used to like burn myself out and i remember when the final exam came we were allowed notes and i took notes on everything like i everything 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 like all the homeworks everything i i weighed my notes i had three pounds of notes like i have a video of them like on a scale three pounds of notes right i took them all with me and teacher takes it to the computer lab he goes oh this test is on computer automatically i'm like what's going on because all of our tests were on paper and i was used to the paper now he takes us to his computer lab and the lights are flickering and the computer was just like making all these weird noises and i was like okay Kara, breathe you got this you know like totally not doing six months of work in one test and i was like at a middle line where like if i fail the test i'd fail the class if i pass the test i'd pass the class and i had one more test before that that would determine like where i'd stand and so i was like there's lots of pressure um take out my three pounds of notes and barely any of them came to use the lights were flickering i started hyperventilating and i couldn't breathe I started getting the worst anxiety of my life. I was like, I can't understand what's going on. Where is this coming from? What is this math? What is this? And it was just so much. And I think it was like 30 questions. Um, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do the next question. I'll know the next question. And I didn't know the next question. I'll do the next question. I'll know the next question. I didn't know the next question. Oh my God. Oh my God. Saying I failed that test would be an understatement. Failed would be a generous word okay there was this person that i knew in that class and they were very smart he was i think in engineering and i see him get up and he's just like 20 minutes in the test and he gets up grab his backpack and he's leaving and i'm thinking to myself i'm like how is he leaving because this test is so hard that people are crying how is he getting up and leaving and i'm like wow he just must be smart you know so after i take the test and i failed it i'm in the parking lot going to my car and he goes well i got like a 30 and i was like stop are you for real he goes yeah like i failed the test and i was like at least i got more than him <laughs> that test was a nightmare and then i was like humbly i passed the class though so i by never looking back my high school days were just something else with all those pe stories Mm-mm. and all those test stories something else i don't even know i don't even know what i was like i was a cartoon at that point besides the point but I looked back at that and I was like, man, I should have just went back to Pakistan. <laughs> I should have just went. Scratch that AP test. I should have went. Y'all heard about how last year the AP test lined up on the same day of Eid. And I was like, I know y'all wouldn't do that if it was Christmas. Like, mm, your standards are showing. Your standards are showing. But, mm, whatever. You know, 
one of the questions that I was I was going through the questions and Instagram stuff that y'all left me in regards to this tea talk episode and if I don't talk about it in this episode inshallah if God wills I'll mention it in the other ones just I was just trying to get an idea of what you guys want to talk about and the discussion of the hijab was very very common and so I wanted to share something about the hijab that I think might help so obviously all of us girls know that there's that certain age that you hit you know when you basically just I guess you could say puberty or whatever you want to call it you know um when the hijab becomes an obligation and whatever whatever right so in the beginning lots of girls feel worried about what are they going to do and i'm going to be honest with you guys about my take about it about this whole situation i'm grateful to say that when i wore the hijab my mom like my parents were cool with it like you know like i was like yeah okay cool whatever like you know go ahead um you know they bought me hijabs and whatnot which i know is a very very blessed experience because not a lot of people have that but i would be lying to you if i said that i didn't hear from some of the closest people to me that i should not do it my parents family cool whatever like they didn't you know they were cool with it but lots of the people closest in my life who were practicing muslims told me be careful because if you put it on you won't get you won't get you know jobs that you want you won't be treated good in school people are going to exclude you and it was very very vicious people told me that non-stop and it was so difficult because sometimes i just want to talk about it with someone and tell them that like i'm ready to do this i'm not scared like it's it's obligation upon me i have to do what i have to do so like you know like let me just like don't tell me that you know what i'm saying like sometimes when someone's about to wear the hijab you don't want to tell them oh all the bad stuff like tell them about how what, what great stuff it does for you you know and when it came my time to wear the hijab i had so many people tell me like you're gonna regret it like you're gonna end up taking it off because it's not fun like these people try to make it seem like it's fun and it's painful and you get excluded from places and it's not fun and no one likes you and this this that like i heard really painful stuff when putting it on and mind you i was i was like i was so confused i was like why are people telling me this you know like i it was just so many emotions that went through me at that time and I remember the first place that I wore my hijab, I, I remember I was like, I don't care what these people are going to say because God has already told me I have to wear it. So I'm going to wear it like I don't care because you don't want to wear it. You got to answer God, but I'm not going to listen to you. So I remember when I put on my hijab, the first place I went to was Target. And I remember I was like, everyone is looking at me. I felt so embarrassed. I felt so humiliated. I felt so sad. I felt like everything those people were telling me was right. And I wore the hijab and I went to Target. And you know, when just walking in the parking lot, like to get to the store, I wanted to literally cry. I wanted someone to just bring the car and drop me off front so I don't have to walk across the whole parking lot just to go inside. And so all these people wouldn't see me. I felt like everyone was just staring at me. I felt so much judgment from people. Um, and I remember walking in, I was like, everyone's staring at me, everyone's staring at me, literally everyone's staring at me. And I felt so embarrassed, I felt so sad, I just wanted to cry. And so I went into the printer paper aisle in Target to get myself together. And I was like, here, I'll breathe, like, it's fine, like, Allah would never tell you to do something unless he knows, like, you know, we can do it unless it's good for us. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. And I could not even, like, I just wanted to cry. And I was just standing there in the printer paper aisle. And then, like, this whole family comes in. I'm like, ugh. And I, I moved. And I went and I was just in the bed sheet aisle. Just like, get your life together. And then the whole family came there. And I was like, ugh, I'm going home. And I remember when I was walking out of Target to go to my car, I just wanted to cry. Like, I felt so sad. I felt so sad. I was like, everyone's looking at me. I felt embarrassed. I felt judged. You know, it just was not fun. And so... I remember going home that day and I, I was on my bed and I just cried. I cried the whole day and I was like, how am I supposed to do this? Because with what people have told me and with what I felt today, how am I supposed to do this? The next day, got up, going to the store, 
I put on my hijab again and I went out there and I did it again. Because I told myself that I don't care. I'm not going to take it off. I'm not going to take it off. Once you put it on, let go of these thoughts that I'm going to take it off. Some girls overthink the hijab too much. Yes, the hijab has a beautiful meaning. has beautiful symbolism behind it. Yes, you should do it correctly. You should not be doing the buttage, all that good stuff. And once you've acknowledged that, sometimes you just got to ignore all those shaitans, what's with the collarbone and down, just do the action. So what that means is sometimes stop thinking about it so much with your brain. Just do what you need to do. Put it on. Get out. Stop thinking so much about people are looking at me people are this people are that i bet now when i go out in public i have people that are like just staring at me there's been times when i'd be like at checkout lines and like old men would literally give me the most nastiest look i live in the south and like they would give you the most nastiest looks i'd had like moms like move their kids to the side when they would see me only because i'm a hijabi nothing else nothing else i'm so every time i go to public i'm smiling i try my best to be nice you know i try my best to be whatever and i would there was this one time where i went to go get glasses i was like in the eye place and it was a really really small eye shop and this mom literally pulled her daughter closer to herself right when she saw me walk in and there were other people walking and she did there was no issue and i i could tell it was because i was a hijabi and i'm not even saying that to like victimize myself i've i've seen those ends but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop wearing it. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing what I do just because a group of people are ignorant, a group of people don't like it. Once you put on the hijab, let go of these thoughts that I'm going to take it off. Put it on, keep it on. Don't give in to those thoughts. Then so many girls battle those thoughts, well, when am I, I'm not ready yet. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready to wear the hijab. This is all a lie. This is all a false perception that one day you're going to be ready. You're never going to be ready for the hijab. You just got to put it on. Stop thinking about it so much. Just put it on. You are sitting here thinking, I'm going to be ready. When are you going to be ready? When are you going to be ready? You're going to be surrounded around the same people forever. You're going to be surrounded around your same family, same school, classmates, whatever. Like, it takes courage. Put it on. Stop letting the entire world tell you that, oh, once I'm ready, I'm going to put it on. It's a lie. I'm telling you it's a lie. It's all shaitan's waswasa. Right when you think that you're about to get ready, you might commit a sin, and then you'll instantly fall back and say, well, I'm not worthy enough for the hijab. The hijab is made as an obligation upon us. God would never tell you to do something that he knows you can't do. So stop listening to these people that will tell you that, oh, you just got to wait till you're ready for the hijab. No, make it a part of your identity and love it. It doesn't matter who gives you nasty looks. It doesn't matter who judges you. There's been times when people give me really, really ugly looks in public. And then there'll be times when someone's just staring at me. And I'd be like, okay, well, maybe they haven't seen a hijabi before. And there would be times when people would come up to me and compliment me and be like, oh my God, I love that. It looks so pretty or this or that. And it's true. Like some people, they just don't know it. They just haven't seen this before. But for some other people, it's ignorance. Like I remember that day when I saw this mom literally pull her daughter when she saw me walk in and they were like staring at my hijab and she was whispering stuff in her ear and i remember i just wanted to burst out and cry i was like you're really teaching your daughter this ignorance that me a random five foot three hijabi just casually coming in to get you know her glasses picked up is a threat to your daughter this is where ignorance roots from you teach your children ignorance and i was like i felt so bad for that little girl she looked like she was probably seven and i was like i feel so bad that your mom is literally brainwashing you you guys like to talk about indoctrinization and brainwashing and manipulating your child and then you teach them this type of ignorant crap like really i I just i felt so it was disgusting and i remember my mom and i remember when my mom came in they did the exact same thing and i was like hera calm down because you know this is not the way of a muslim don't act out don't get mad but i was really like i was i was not happy because you can say whatever you want to me you can give me ugly looks you can treat me however but you're not going to do that to my parents you're not going to do that to my parents you're crazy if you're going to do that to my parents there were times when like we would be in walmart and like just 
normal hijabis. It's not like anything's crazy. Normal hijabis, normal people in public. And we'd be in Walmart, and, like, I remember people would give my mom, like, nasty looks. And I'd be like, yes, yes, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna sit here and look at my parents a type of way just because they have a hijab on their head or i have a hijab i have a job on my head that doesn't mean you want to look at me nasty ways go ahead i don't care i don't care and my mom she doesn't care that much either like i majority of hijabis they just were like whatever you know but it's like it's disrespectful for you to sit here and think that you can just stare at a type of way and act a type of way just because and i remember these were the types of things that people told me and i said to myself i'm like i don't care if the whole world gives me nasty looks for wearing my hijab i'm gonna do it because if god said that it's gonna it's written for me it's obligated for me do it if you think taking off your hijab is gonna make life easier you're crazy it's not gonna make life any easier how is disobeying god gonna make your life easier how is disobeying god's commandment gonna make life easier how is not wearing it going to make life easier? I remember so many times people were like, oh, just don't wear it. Because then, like, if you want to get a job in the future, like, you won't get it. No one can take a job away from me that was written for me. No one can take a job away that's written for me. What's the guarantee that I'm going to get a job while not being a hijabi? You're not a hijabi. You are a hijabi. People are going to talk about you regardless. Oh, she looks like that. Or she looks like this. Or she dresses like that. Or she's weird. Or she's pretty. Or she's ugly. People are going to say something about you regardless. So do what you want. Why should you not wear the hijab just because you're going to spend a classroom with random people for six months and you're embarrassed of what they're gonna think who cares who cares stop giving a flying crap who cares do it for god do it for you stop letting these people tell you likewise people are gonna give you dirty looks people are gonna give you nasty looks it does not matter because you're not wearing it for them i don't sit here and dwell about the people that gave me nasty looks when i was standing in target i don't sit here and think about all the people that literally stare me down and like pull their children away it, it hurts it's sad but that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop doing it. That doesn't mean I'm gonna stop wearing my hijab. This is a part of me. And the same way that these people go out there wearing, you know, clothes that has like Bible verses on it and they're out here preaching, you know, on Sundays on the streets, you're so confident in your faith. I can be confident in mine. I remember there used to be this time when I used to go to this clinic, this doctor's clinic, and it was far away. And on our, on our drive there, there used to be this man that used to sit on the side of the street with a big sign that said, like, Jesus saves and Jesus this and Jesus. And he used to be like screaming at the cars with his sign and i was like okay whatever but imagine if a muslim person did that and i remember he used to see through the car that me and my mom were hijabis and like it used to get so aggressive and we used to like quickly drive by and i was like there's people like that doing stuff like that and y'all are okay with that but apparently me having a hijab on my head is like the biggest threat in the world i don't care you're ignorant i don't care i do not care and that's the point that you have to get yourself towards i know why i wear my hijab and i know that i do it for god don't take it off don't let these people manipulate you and most importantly i hate to say this ladies listen to me now don't listen to this hype of the budage i'm getting into some sticky water here the budage is such a big deal and we have tried to make it seem like it's not we have hijabis that teach you that it's okay to take out two strands of your hair and wear a full face of makeup and wear tight clothes and i get it that everyone in their hijab journey is at their own place right it's better to be struggling than to take it off but now when you have a platform of three million five million people following you and you're posting and promoting the footage you can't act like you don't know what you're doing because at one point or another you don't got to be a genius to know that once you have a platform you have an influence 
these hijabi influencers that do tabaraj are getting their pockets paid by doing tabaraj and by promoting tabaraj and by telling you buy this lipstick it makes you look pretty it makes you look like this it gives you this look when you're at the sand and at the beach and it makes you look so dewy and pretty and buy this foundation and it makes you glow differently these hijabi influencers are getting their pockets paid and fold by teaching young women that doing tabaraj while wearing the hijab is okay and it's not okay stop listening to these people stop listening to these people i understand that some girls say that the, you know these hijabi influencers helped increase their um you know self-confidence and again i get it that we're all at our own place in our hijab journey it's fine it's better to struggle than to you know not struggle at all it's great it's fine to struggle but don't sit here and take these people as your role model you can struggle with wearing makeup you can struggle with having your hair out you can struggle with wearing tight clothes okay but don't sit here and you know glorify and influence and promote these type of people because these people are getting their pockets paid by telling you to do the budget they do the budget in public they do these things in public they're promoting it to you you're sitting here thinking wow she looks so beautiful she looks so pretty she's glowing you know da -da -da. no no and i hate to say this stuff because it makes me sound really mean there's no doubt that those girls are beautiful they're very pretty they're very pretty but that's not right that's not right and if you're someone who's trying to get into the hijab, you struggle with makeup, okay, fine. That's that's between you and Allah. You work on that journey on minimizing it and coming to an effort of wearing no makeup. But don't sit here and glorify and follow these influencers and allow your mind to think that's right. What I'm saying here is, yes, you're going to struggle. And we all have different areas of struggle. We may struggle with our clothing. We may struggle with our makeup. We may struggle with whatever. But don't take these hijabi influencers who get paid to tell you to do the butter, to get paid to do the butter in public, to wear tight clothes, to take out strands of their hair, to show you these different L'Oreal lipsticks, don't listen to those hijabis and make them your end goal. Don't make them your end goal. That's what I'm saying. And again, I know someone's going to twist my words. If you are struggling with tight clothes, you're struggling with makeup, struggling with wearing a hijab properly, it's fine. You're better off struggling than not wearing it, Okay struggle fight with your nafs fight till you get to that point cool no problem allah will reward you but don't look at these hijabi influences and think that these are the end goals because it's not we all struggle male protect us from being hypocrites i mean we all struggle and i'm not denying that but don't take these hijabi influencers as your end goal don't take them and think that this is what i have to be like to be pretty and unfortunately, I'm going to pull another string, and this might just irritate some men. Men like hijabi influencers that do tabaraj. Majority of men that want hijabis want them to do tabaraj because they think, oh, she is the pretty type of hijabi. You're crazy. Like, you, you have no haya in you to be okay with that. <laughs> you don't. How can you be okay with that? Like, I saw this video with Scholar Talk, and he was like, only a strange man would want his wife going out in public like that. Like, there's men that genuinely encourage they're hijabi wise to do the butage. And I'm like, no, you, you've got it messed up. You really, really, dude, really. Like, your wife is struggling with the butage. Okay, your job is to be like, okay, you know, you're pretty as you are, but let's, let's work on this. Not sit here and encourage her and say, hey, we're going out on a dinner with our friends. Do some makeup. Do some tabaraj. And I hate to say that because most men do like hijabis that do tabaraj. But that's why we're not here to impress these men. Our hijab is not about these men. Our hijab is about Allah. You can slip up, you can fall, you can be struggling in your hijab journey, that's fine. It's fine. But undeniably, women, don't ever change yourself and become those hijabi influencers that beautify themselves and, you know, think that, well, if I do this, more men will like me. 
don't do that the hijab is for allah we do it because allah has told us you know and then of course there's so much more wisdom behind it but first of all this is allah's commandment okay you can struggle you can slip up you can find it's cool it's cool but don't change the way that you are for a man and unfortunately men like to promote women who do the buttage and put them in spotlights and say she's so beautiful i wish all hijabis looked like her i wish my wife looked like her and that's so wrong that is so wrong not only are you encouraging something wrong you're sitting here letting those hijabi influencers that do the footage like oh yeah you're beautiful like this i like you like this encouraging her to do it even more lots of men who say they want hijabi wives unfortunately don't actually understand the whole concept behind it so women don't ever become those girls that start doing the footage just to attract men maybe you're someone who wears everything properly and so this guy tells you that he likes girls that you know wear this color lipstick and have their hair out and do this and do that don't change yourself for him don't change yourself for him leave him leave him but you're not going to change yourself for him if you're already struggling with makeup you're already struggling with this and he says he likes a girl that wears makeup that that has nothing to do with your journey you're still going to learn to decrease that makeup and not do the footage we can all fall into the footage at one point in our life so may Allah protect us and forgive us amen and you know i'm not trying to be hypocrite because again we don't know what Allah has written we can all fall into that so again may Allah protect us amen but don't listen to these men that promote hijabi influencers that do the footage and say they want wives like that and don't listen to these girls that are hijabi influencers that get their pockets paid by doing the footage all of this this is no don't do it allah has commanded us to wear the hijab try to do it in your best way again if you're someone who's struggling with those things it's fine it's fine don't take off your hijab this whole concept of all or none is wrong you struggle you get to that point one day but if you give up right now and you decide that i'm going to take off my hijab because i can't stop wearing makeup that's not fair that's not fair you work on lowering the makeup but that doesn't mean you just take off the hijab it's not all or none it's about working till you get to that point it's about fighting your nafs it's about doing that whole jihad within yourself of getting yourself to that point of being a proper modest covered woman we all have space to grow we all can become better people but please understand that these people that glorify that lifestyle are should not be your end goal okay and that's my two cents on that so that's my whole take on the hijab situation the next thing that i get lots of comments on and one per, like people in particular literally said can you tell us your real your real opinion on guys and girls being friends and if you're new here i'm just going to say it um and i do have a, quite a few other things i want to add i've talked about my take on this in multiple episodes okay i think guys and girls can't be friends and i've mentioned this lots of places i've talked about it in lots of places and the biggest example that i always tell people is go on youtube type in can guys and girls be friends there's no religion no moral discussion none of that click the first video on youtube it's literally a video of a bunch of guys and girls on a college campus and they were all asked privately one on one can guys and girls be friends every single girl said yes and every single guy said no and every single guy even went on to the degree of saying that if he could he would that's my point now when i bring this forth i have had more women argue with me about why guys and girls can't be friends as compared to a handful of men who felt a type of way which always shocks me because if you look at it and you think about the wisdom behind why god tells us to stay away from these things it benefits all of us obviously but especially the women We live in a society where people are literally trying to take advantage of anyone and everyone. So undeniably, I'm going to keep it honest with you, the quote-quote friendship 
benefits the guy, if anything. The guy sits there, acts like he totally cares about the girl, listens to her vent about her life problems a hundred times a day. He totally acts like she cares. He gives her a couple advice that she probably could have gotten from her girlfriend as well. And, you know, he he's just he's just consecutively there. He's building up this I'm amazing guy image. What time comes is if she liked a guy and it fell through or whatever, he takes his moment to throw himself in the situation and be like, Hey, like, I totally had feelings for you. Let's get something going. And she'll be like, Oh my god, yeah, I knew him this whole time. He was my best friend, so let's do it. Now, now, before you girls even open up my DMs angry, I have always had women who fight with me about this and literally only a handful of men that argue. It's always women, and I don't understand why. Why don't you understand that not having a friendship with a guy benefits you more? It benefits you more. You are now protected from people that would probably take advantage of you. Now, this is where all the girlies want to start getting all feisty and say, Well, I know he wouldn't do that, really? Okay, puts ten you don't believe me? You don't believe science. You don't believe what God says. You don't believe what psychology says. You think that everyone's just lying to you because you want to protect your guy friend. All right, sweetie, put ten stones on it. Go text him and tell him to come for your hand in marriage. Two things going to happen. Either one, he'll literally pop up the next day. Two, he's going to say, oh my god, you're crazy. I never saw anything more than a friend. And he's going to think about it for a week and a half. And the next thing you know, he's going to text you on a random Thursday and say, hey, I was thinking, you know, like, I feel like we've known each other for a while. I think I'd be down into getting into that. That's, that's, it's only, it's only two ways. It's only two ways. And even if you do it now, they're, they're always going to come back. They always come back. <laughs> and then I, I swear and it's it's funny because these girls want to argue with me and want to like get all feisty and say well you don't know our friendship is not that type of friendship and okay then come here T tell him to come marry you tell him to come marry you drop him quit being friends with him tell him to come put test on it come tell him to come marry you he's gonna be there he gonna be there he could live in another state and he gonna be there he gonna fly out mm-hmm mm-hmm and then on top of that, I've met women that are double my age, women that are 30, 35, and they talk to me and they say, well, my husband's okay with it. He's okay with me having a guy friend. And we genuinely just all hang out in a group and it's not an issue. My husband is okay with it. And so she's consecutively always talking to her guy friend privately, on call, on phone, on text, whatever, um, even when her husband's not around because her husband's okay with it. And now this just makes me question how what man in his right senses is okay with that? What woman in her right senses is okay with her husband having a female friend? Ladies, don't even act like you're lying. Don't even don't even sit here in front with me. If your husband had a girl best friend, really? I don't even need to finish my sentence. You'd lose your mind. We all saw what happened. We've all seen what happens in those situations, okay? You'd lose your mind. And it's not even about being insecure. People always say, well, I'm not insecure, so I don't care. Baby, this ain't about being insecure. This ain't about being insecure. Don't try to paint out boundaries that aren't there. This is not about being insecure. This is about simple mutual respect. No one needs to know you the same way that I know you. No one needs to be friends with you the same way that I know you. That's it. And people say, well, that's controlling. If you're insecure, just say it. Again, it's not insecurity, and nor is it control. That's basic human decency. It's basic respect, I think, in a relationship. Likewise... You know, girls want to be like, oh, well, I'm married and my husband has no issue and he's my guy best friend. I bet you deep down he does have an issue. And if he doesn't have an issue, I'm questioning your husband a lot. I am very much wondering where, what, what's going on, what is going on. Because as a Muslim, we like, oh my God, what's going on? As a Muslim, like really? Like, I'm sorry. And it's like, I'm not shaming anyone that does have friends of the opposite gender. Okay. If you have friends of the opposite gender, 
the best thing that you need to do first of all is stop denying it stop sitting here and saying oh well i just see him as a brother and i know he wouldn't do that stop just stop like you know what you're in okay stop and then cut it off you know to the best degree that you can really i know that there's certain 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 circumstances where you can't control it where you know you might be in school or whatever just lower it like if you if you're not obligated don't do it you know what i mean and even if you are obligated like avoid it at all costs like don't don't do it don't do it majority of all the girls that i talk to always say well he gets me so well he understands me so well and i'd be like really what he do and she'd be like i just vent to him and he gives me the best advice you know what advice he gives her i'm sorry that happened man hope it gets better do you hear that silence google could have gave you better advice go to one of your girlfriends she could have gave you like 10 full paragraphs she could have done way better now i wanted to bite my tongue and not go here but i'm gonna go here as well where majority of girls like to say well old girls are filled with drama so i only hang out with guys girl really that, that excuse is old that excuse is old okay we all know good and well that not all girls are filled with drama maybe the girls surrounded you are filled with drama for real and it's it's i get that i came from a middle school and high school where literally all the girls were just drama petty drama petty drama and so i spent my years alone because you're better off spending it alone than spending with a guy and so so many girls want to justify with saying like oh well i just stay friends with guys because you know all girls are filled with drama stop like it's not it's not it's not a big enough reason it's not a big enough reason you know and then it's like i get it that you may feel hurt or sad or you want advice from someone but going to a man really like unless you're married to him like what majority of them don't have best interest for you okay i'm sorry i hate to say that and i know i sound mean but i didn't lie and i don't care who wants to get mad at me like i've literally had women that are 35 talk to me and say like no no like you guys don't understand like it's completely like non-emotions like we're just friends and my husband's okay with it too and i'm like okay. you know I'm like okay god god whatever like i don't know i don't know what you want me to say you know like allah's protection is not here to harm you okay so take his protection and just go with it you're better off being alone vibing it out god will send the right people at the right time and that's that another important aspect that a lot of people bring up is well in a marriage i would not be okay with that so right now you're not married and i want to make an important point be the type of person that you want to marry so you don't want your husband to keep a bunch of female friends then you as a girl don't keep a bunch of guy friends you are only going to get what's good for you inshallah god wills right so work on being a good person and being what you wish men want women who have haya who cover up who are you know hijabis who have so modest they don't talk to any guys while having a phone filled with all of the girls in the county really you think that's fair god would not inshallah god knows best but god would not put some beautiful girl like that in your hands you don't deserve it you don't deserve it and same goes for the girls i feel like the dean has been romanticized so much because of tiktok and these tiktok marriages where they're like oh we prayed fajr together and the next thing you know like if he ever tells her like hey don't wear that that's inappropriate or don't do this it becomes oh he's controlling and he's that like girl there's a very big boundary there's a very big line between like looking out for someone and controlling and people want to call me insecure or say this discussion is insecure it's not insecure any girl who has enough logic to realize that that's wrong will understand that it's wrong if god 
has told us to stay away from those things. If we're told to avoid those things, where do you think your judgment's better? Tell me that. Answer that. Try to find the answer to that. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, this tea talk was super long, but I still have a bucket load of topics to talk about from y'all's takes and whatnot. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Inshallah, I will film another tea talk for and throw in more comments and more of what y'all, you know, asked me to talk about and whatever. I hope you guys enjoyed my stories as well. I got quite a few. I might just defrost some more on tea talk for if y'all like them. But inshallah, um, I'm sorry for, you know. If I was mean to you guys, but the last discussion was needed. It was really needed, okay? But no worries. Inshallah, Hermela, forgive me if I said anything wrong and accept all our efforts. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Assalamu alaikum.